Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. There is a trend in the crypto markets that many people are sleeping on. They're completely unaware of it and they're not taking advantage of it and they're missing out on serious profit opportunity. By the end of this call, you're going to know, number one, what that trend is, and number two, exactly how you can capitalize off of it. In other words, exactly how you can start using it today and in the future to ramp up your crypto profits. As well as getting to that point in the call, we're going to go over the BTC, ETH and altcoin market charts together. Make sure we're up to speed with everything that is going on in the crypto markets. We're also going to look at the top headlines in the crypto news today. We're going to spot opportunities. We're going to spot risks. And then we'll go on to discuss that upcoming trend and how to profit from it today. Okay, so zooming into the five day on any BTC chart, you'll see that it's been a pretty good few days. Bitcoin has strongly held the 21k threshold over the weekend as investors continued their hopeful wait for positive US inflation data in the coming week. More on that later though. The largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization was currently trading at around about 22k up around 3% on the daily and actually somewhat higher than where it began on the weekend too. BTC also spiked more than 10% at one point on Friday amid market optimism that with prices starting to fall, the US central bank would be able to ratchet back its current diet of robust interest rate increases and liquidity tightening next year. Just reading out an important quote now from Coindesk article. While bulls will welcome this bounce, it is important to note how continued bearish price action has intermittent relief rallies, especially as short position holders take profit. In other words, this is a bit of a caution to not get too excited by this. It could be a temporary price rally and it remains to be seen just how sticky or sustainable it's going to be. Reiterating this sentiment were remarks on Friday from St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard, who said he had become more supportive of a third straight 75 basis point rate hike and that investors should not underestimate the possibility of continued high rates in 2023. In other words, everyone's getting very excited that interest rate hikes will stop, but some people are cautioning that that might not be the case. Basically, it remains to be seen whether we can truly be comfortable with the price rallies. Another factor perhaps helping the weekend price rally was the fact that the European Central Bank raised interest rates by 0.75 percentage points on Thursday, the biggest single hike since it began setting monetary policy in 1999. One reason I put so many hours into these calls is because sometimes it's really hard to understand why a certain event has impacted the market the way it did. The whole time I've been telling you that interest rate hikes are bad news for risk assets like crypto. So why is it that the ECB raising their interest rates by 75 basis points is good news for crypto? It's because it's a bit more nuanced than this. If you do a lot of research, you'll see that actually this is good news because it is robust action that is going to 
head off greater economic damage later on. Actually, this news has been re received favorably by risk markets because the idea is that by taking aggressive action today, they're going to shorten the period of time for which this kind of policy needs to happen and speed up the process of getting back to that risky environment where assets like BTC thrive and do so well. Moving on to the Ethereum chart now, looking at the five-day picture, we can see that prices have been climbing up, but not to the same extent that BTC has. It seems as though investors in the second largest crypto in market value are patiently awaiting the merge and perhaps don't want to take any sort of decisive buy or sell action in the run-up to the merge because it's actually one of the biggest events in crypto history. The Ethereum blockchain's change from proof-of-work to a more energy-efficient proof-of-stake protocol is supposed to be completed over the next few days. We've seen time and time again in the markets that when there's a big event like this with the possibility of serious volatility in the coming days, people tend to prefer a wait and see approach in anticipation of a lot of volatility to come. We'll have a lot more to say about the Ethereum merge later on in this call, so be sure to stick around for that. As I said, one of the biggest events coming up in crypto market history. In terms of the altcoin market, certainly everyone's got their eyes on Luna, the cryptocurrency of Terra's blockchain recreated version after dramatically imploding earlier this year, tripled in price within a few hours time Friday, trading close to its all-time high set in early June when the token was introduced. The token's price skyrocketed to almost $7 from less than $2. Of course, Luna has been one of the biggest talking points of the year, and there remains to be a lot of skepticism and caution around this ecosystem, but an interesting event to see nonetheless. So we've covered BTC, ETH, altcoin market price movements. Let's dive straight into the top headlines of the day. First of all, MicroStrategy wants more. Everyone is aware of how big of a Bitcoin proponent Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy were. As Michael Saylor stepped down last month, many people wondered about the direction the company would head in in regards to Bitcoin. Well, they have just announced that they are looking to sell some of their stock in order to potentially buy more Bitcoin. Let's take a look at their current holdings and more details on this announcement. MicroStrategy has entered an agreement with Cohen & Co to sell up to $500 million in shares of its Class A common stock. MicroStrategy said, we may use the net proceeds from this offering to purchase additional Bitcoin. The company acquired 129,699 BTC, worth about $2.7 billion today, under Sailor, which they said they would hold for the long term. MicroStrategy has said they have no plans in trading or enter derivative contracts with its Bitcoin holdings, but they may sell Bitcoin as needed to generate cash for treasury management and other general corporate purposes. One may have thought that after being sued by the DC Attorney General for alleged tax fraud, they would attempt to lie low. Despite the current standings of Bitcoin in the markets, MicroStrategy is still clearly interested and sees an upside in its price. Any big purchase of Bitcoin is, of course, good news for the overall markets. It creates momentum for the asset. And with MicroStrategy in particular, there was a lot of key man risk before. There was a lot of fear that with Michael Saylor being gone, the company would step away from Bitcoin. It's good that that is being proven to be not true. But worth remembering as well that Bitcoin is not a small asset anymore. It's going to take a lot more of a bigger purchase to have a sizable impact on the market, which is good news. We definitely don't want to be 
heavily involved in a type of marketplace where one person has the power with one purchase or indeed sale to impact the entire market. Speaking about the crypto markets getting bigger now, top headline number two, crypto is not just a industry for making money anymore. It is an industry that is influencing society and politics at large. It is a global movement. Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin took on some of his responsibilities with that regard and surprised attendees at the Kiev Tech Summit on Friday to show support for war-torn Ukraine. Speaking of Vitalik, we couldn't have an update or call this week without getting you up to speed on the Ethereum merge, so let's do that right now. All eyes are on Ethereum as we inch closer to the final upgrade, making its migration from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake. With the ready check complete, all that remains between today and the merge is time. Ethereum developers confirmed that all the preparations for the merge have been completed successfully. This set of preparations, known as Shadow Forks, began with the first implementation on April 11th earlier this year. Shadow Forks copy the current state of the Ethereum network. This Shadow Fork, the 13th, was merged into the beacon chain as a stress test to uncover any unforeseen problems. Shadow Fork's to-do list included practicing running nodes, contract deployment, infrastructure testing, and other functionality sets to be part of the merge. The merge is scheduled to be completed this week, sometime between the 13th and 15th. The reason why this isn't a set calendar date is because it depends on the devs, it depends on the code, so it can't be pinpointed at a certain point in time. Remember we said that on the ETH price chart, people tend to pause their activity in anticipation of a big event? Well, that is particularly true of the Ethereum merge, because of course we're seeing a lot of big players suspend deposits and withdrawals. Binance suspended deposits and withdrawals for ETH and wrapped ETH on some networks, Optimism, Arbitron and Ronin, earlier this month in anticipation of the merge. So if you are a person who's very active in Ethereum, you might want to avoid this window. Speculation about the effect of the merge is in no straw supply. An unsuccessful or difficult event could easily result in swift downward price action. Alternatively, a successful merge could either have a lackluster impact or pump the price significantly, as opinions on whether or not the event is already priced into the market vary. When we talk about something being priced into the market, the idea is that people are already aware of it, they're already assuming it's happening, and they've already made their decision to act based on that information. For example, people know the merge is coming up, they know when it may happen, if they wanted to buy, they could have bought in any of the previous months, right? It's not a surprise event, that everyone suddenly finds out about and then suddenly everyone wants to purchase. So on the actual date of the merge, some people think maybe everyone who wanted to buy is already bought and therefore we won't see any big price rally during that time. The most likely outcome of the merge, successful or otherwise, is probably volatility. So we'll be sure to be on the lookout. I'll have my eye out because I'll be watching it all throughout this week and giving you regular updates. If you've made it this far in the call, congratulations, because we're about to talk about that big profit opportunity I've been mentioning and that trend that people are sleeping on. That trend that people are sleeping on is fundamental analysis using macro data points. Let's begin with CPI. CPI is one of the measures of inflation. Put very simply, inflation is the rate of price increases for most goods and services over a given period of time. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, is the most relevant and widely used inflation metric. 
CPI measures the monthly change in prices paid by U.S. consumers on a basket of goods and services. That basket of goods includes food and beverages, clothing and footwear, restaurants and hotels, alcohol and tobacco. So a lot of different aspects that go into a person's life. We quite literally imagine a basket of goods, the different purchases that a average individual makes in a given day or in a given month, and then we measure those over time. Different aspects of the basket have a different proportion share of the basket. So some areas have more influence than others. And when you understand this about CPI, you can actually deep dive into the data and see if inflation's gone up or down, what area has been causing it. So you probably hear CPI and inflation spoke about all the time. And you're probably wondering, why do we even care about this number? Who cares if it's going up, down, sideways, to the moon, to the floor, etc. The reason is that the whole point of central banks or monetary authorities existing is to control this number. You didn't vote for these people. They exist with the one responsibility to maintain a steady inflation or CPI rate. That target number is about 2%. So we're always watching CPI and inflation because the Fed and other monetary authorities across the world are also watching it. And what are they looking out for? When it's too high, or in other words, it's way over 2%, the Fed will introduce interest rate hikes. So they'll increase interest rates to control the rate of growth or inflation in the economy. On the other hand, when inflation or growth is too low, they will introduce interest rate cuts or they will decrease interest rates to exacerbate or increase the rate of growth in the economy. Interest rates are what you pay on loans and what you earn on savings. When they're low, it makes sense to borrow as much money as possible because it's so cheap and it doesn't make sense to save because you're not going to earn much on that saving. So those mechanisms create growth in the economy. But what does it mean for crypto? Crypto is a risk asset. It does well in a thriving, growing economy. Interest rate hikes or increases are bad for crypto. Interest rate cuts or decreases are good for crypto. So as a crypto investor, you want to watch inflation and you want to hope that inflation is in a good place so that there aren't these aggressive interest rate increases that are going to hurt the markets. The reason this is such a good strategy in the crypto markets is because this data point comes up every single month. Every single month, you can use the information you just acquired to try and predict how the crypto markets will be impacted. We've got a CPI reading coming up tomorrow. As we can see, if we open up FX Street Calendar, the expectation for the year-on-year number is 8.1% versus 8.5% last year. So the anticipation is that the CPI number will go down. We just established that that is good news for crypto markets. Now, remember I showed you that basket of goods in CPI? That's because it is essential information when it comes to using this as a tool. There is another reading of CPI that strips out the effect of food and energy. If we look at that reading, we see that the CPI number is flat month on month. That suggests that it's not really the US economy that has grown weaker, as we might have hoped, but actually it suggests that it's energy prices that have dropped. Hopping onto a crude oil chart, we can confirm in fact that it is energy prices that have been decreasing. The price of Brent crude oil, for example, a widely watched measure of energy markets, is now hovering around about $90 per barrel, roughly down 25% since topping $123 in early June. 
So really the number we want to see go down is CPI excluding food and energy and that looks like it's going to be flat. So to see a price rally tomorrow, we want to see that number come in lower. And currently that is not what markets are expecting, which also means to be fair that if it does happen, the positive price impact will be even bigger. This is how you can use macroeconomic data to help with your crypto market analysis. Today, you've learned about one tool, CPI, that you can start factoring into your fundamental analysis of the markets. And why should you start doing this right now? Well, because the correlation of crypto assets and stock markets has only been increasing. It follows, therefore, that factors that heavily impact the stock market are going to more and more heavily impact the crypto markets as the crypto markets continue to mature. Guys, that is one fundamental tool you can use out of hundreds that I will go through on these calls, as well as crypto market updates that are relevant and going to help you navigate these conditions. Vale, that is goodbye in Latin.